0: I want to talk to you. The last couple of days, I uh, man, I really—I had several messages prepared, and I was really struggling as to what direction to go. And this morning, fortunately, there's a place in this uh, there's a place in this verse that says, "Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you." And uh, about three thirty this morning, I asked, "What God, please, show me direction?" And God said bam, here it is. So here we are. So ask whatever you will and it shall be done. So finally, uh, the the direction that God wanted to go this morning, but truth, I want to talk about the truth of abiding. And I tell you, this verse had not ever really opened up to me. I've had, uh, it's been a problematic verse for me in a lot of places of it. And man, it just is awesome. It is just good. It is just good stuff, and I hope God opens your eyes today. In fact, I'm going to ask again, and he said whatever we wish, he'll do it for us. And so I believe he's going to open your eyes to this this wonderful truth of abiding today. And so let me pray, and then we'll go to the Word of God, and I believe he'll speak to our hearts today. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for, again, the way you moved in the worship time. And God, you're not done. You want to speak to us, God. You're preparing our hearts for the receiving of, God, your word. And, Lord, you sent your word, the Bible says, and it healed them. And so, God, we need to be healed. We need our hearts healed. We need our minds healed. We need our spirit and our soul healed, God. And, Lord, just the word, let the word come and do what it, what it it does so well, God. It's quick. It's sharp. It's, it's more powerful than any two-edged sword dividing and cutting, God, even the, but down to the bone and marrow and spirit and soul, God. It just... Oh, it's so wonderful, so rich, so powerful. And God, uh, Lord, what I can't do through my, my uh, God trying, my feeble attempt to preach, God, uh, Lord, You do through Your Word and, and Your Spirit. And so, Lord God just uh, just, just animate me this morning by the Spirit of God and just uh, have your way in this house. And, and God, let this Word break through to hearts and minds. Help people to believe, God. We're in a believe gospel now. Not a do gospel, but a believe, God. And Lord, may they believe your Word today. May it become alive today. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen and amen. amen. The truth of abiding, John 15, 1-8. And he says in this passage of Scripture, he says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain or abide, the King James Version says, in me, as I also remain in you. And no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. I love this. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown, or if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, they're thrown into the fire, and they're burned. That's tough language. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. And that word really there is command. You can literally command whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Uh, this is is my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now, now, what is God really saying in these verses? Well, to fully understand, go back to the history. You can go back to the history of Israel and find out a lot about these verses and a lot about the truth of these verses. If you go to Psalms 80 and 8, and it'll be on the maybe on the screen. No, I think I, I just paraphrased it up there. But if you go back to the history it's going to help us understand John 15 and where Jesus is coming to a place where He's going to speak to His disciples and those gathered around after Passover when they're, when they're taking off uh, out from the Passover meal and the Last Supper and they're coming down uh, the, uh, out of the uh, temple the area, coming down into the Kidron Valley and are going to be going up into the Garden of Gethsemane there. And that's where we're going to see somewhere in this place is where we see John you know, 13... 14, you start to see the last supper. Then 15, you start to see this teaching right here that he brings to them as they're going to that place. And then we move on in to uh, chapter 16 and 17 where we get to the high police, priestly prayer and so many things here. But but what is, what is it talking about? Well, look at Psalms 80 and 8, and it says this. It says, you were translated or transplanted or brought uh, a vine from Egypt. The Lord transplanted you or brought you as a vine up out of Egypt, the Bible says, speaking of Israel. When I brought you out of Egypt, I brought you out as a vine and I transplanted you. I wanted to transplant you in the land. That's what he wanted to do within Israel. I want to take you out of that Egypt. I want to take you as a vine. I want to bring you into the land that I promised for you. And there in that land, you are going to bear much fruit because my power is with you my provision is with you my protection is with you and that's what i want for you israel i want you to be a fruitful vine that the world sees there is a god in heaven and god is with her and god look what god does for her he makes her fruitful amen but there was a problem. He, he wanted to plant them in there for His purposes. And so God, he, he He's beginning to go and plant them. They're, they're, they're purged on the edge of the land. And so Moses sends in 12 spies. Two, ten of them come back with an evil report saying, it, with unbelief, we can't go in. We can't do it. But two guys come back with this pole. And on this pole, it takes two of them, Joe, to come back and to carry this one huge Cluster of grapes, fruitfulness is in the land. God, this is what God wants to do for you. This is what He wants to do, Israel. This is where He wants to plant you, and this is what He wants to happen in your life. But the problem is, you are going to bear fruit for My purpose. But, but again, their unbelief uh, caused a, a whole generation not to go in. And finally, after forty years in the wilderness, where He plants them, they go in. But here is what the Bible tells us about Israel. In Isaiah 5, 1, it says they became a cluster of wild grapes. It says in Jeremiah 2, 21, the vine became degenerate. It tells us in Hosea 10 and 1, that they were so consumed with self, hello, sounds like today, that they became empty. 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 Kind of like when I was sitting there and I started telling us about our worship for a minute, I just felt like this house was empty. I felt like your souls were empty. Empty of worship. Empty of even wanting to be here. Empty of excitement for the Word of God. That's Consume with self. What time is it? We just want to hurry and get out of here. Right? It's Sunday. i got more things to do. I'm off tomorrow. Right? The vine that God wanted. To be so fruitful and abundant with his life became so empty and degenerate and a wild bunch of grapes, a wild vine, a wild cluster. He wanted it to be like those carried in the pole, which we're going to find out really is a type of Jesus. Jesus. It's a type of Jesus. It's a type of the Messiah. And here they are. And, 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 and the Bible tells us that they became re- degenerate. And so in Ezekiel 19.13, it says, Because they became this way, God plucked them out of the land that He once planted them in. And that's where Jesus arrives. Knowing that kind of history, folks, of this passage, now Jesus arrives on the scene, is going to give us this amazing passage in John 15. where his disciples. He arrives and he comes. And before this he also talks about in Matthew uh, in, in Matthew chapter 21 about the owner of the vineyard. He begins to give us some insight about the owner of the vineyard. And he tells us the owner of this vineyard sent in all kind of servants. But they began to, when he sent the servants, they begin to stone him. And they begin to beat them. And they begin to kill them. And so he sends in more servants. If I send more servants, then surely they'll treat them better. And then they do the same kind of thing so he comes to the conclusion here's what I'll do I'll send my son I'll send my only son and surely they will revere him but what happens they go they, he sends his only son down there into the vineyard and they do they terrorize and kill and destroy his son and so you get to John so Israel was supposed to show the world the blessing of God, how God was with them. But they came a wild, degenerate, empty, plucked up uh, a vine. And, and, and so, so you get to John 15. These men have eaten Passover with their Lord. And now they're heading out to the crucifixion. And the Bible tells us that they come and they start heading to the Kidron Valley. I've been there. I've seen that valley. I've seen the proximity of the temple where it sat. I've seen how you just walk right down here and right there is the Mount of Olives. I mean, you can see it right there. Right there are vineyards and right there are the trees right there. of the Olive trees right on the other side there out of the valley. And so Jesus is walking down into this valley of decisions into this valley called Kidron there, the valley of Jehoshaphat. And he's walking into this place. And the, the, there's several schools of thought about what triggered this teaching. But some say that the moon was shining down and when he came back up to the other side of the Kidron that his eye caught the vineyards and, and he began to teach them about the vineyard. But the, the major school of thought, which is probably correct, is when you left the gate of the temple, there were these ornate vines and and vineyards that were on the side of the temple. And so when they came to the gate of the temple, more than likely he looked up to those and he said, You see that vine? Do you see that vine, guys? I am the true vine. I am the vine. I am the vine. The Messiah has come, and the Messiah is going to be the true vine. He's going to bring truth, and He's going to bring fruitfulness to anyone who will allow Him to bring fruitfulness into their life. Amen? And so then he begins to, that's me. That's me. See that? That's me. I'm the fulfillment of this. I understand. And he goes into this discourse and this teaching as they're there looking at this. Uh, not Israel, but I, yeah, I'm coming out of Israel. I'm the true vine. It's me, the Messiah. I'm the one who's going to do this. And so in verse 5, he that abides in me and I am him, the same brings forth fruit, he begins to say. And then he says, remain or abide. That word means to dwell, to remain, to To stay, to stick around, to tarry, to live, to tolerate, to wait. Verse 4, abide in me is a singular maybe to the disciples there. But then you come to verse 6 and it says this, if you don't abide in me. And then you go to verse 7 and it says, to abide or to remain in my word. And then you go to verse 10 and it says, abide in my love. In other words, if you want to bear fruit, then you must be in me and I must be in you. Well, we've been trying to destroy this old covenant mentality of it's no longer I, but Christ. So this verse gets real problematic at times for me because, Cindy, what do I got to do? What's my part to play in this? And a pastor's daughter, who I really admire this pastor and his daughter, just really got frustrated one day and said, Dad... She, she she just she's a good Christian and she said dad Christianity is so unfair And he said, What do you mean? And she said, She said, I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I'm a business owner. I have to run a business, I have to raise kids. I've got all kinds of kids that are school age. I got homework, I got activities, I got dinners to prepare, I got things to do. She said, My day is consumed from beginning to end. She said, If I'm lucky, my husband might help out and cook a meal. And when I eat that meal, I just fall into the bed and I get up and I do it again the next morning. She said, You, you, it's your job to, to, to read. And pray and study. Billy Graham, she said, she said, it's unfair. You guys, that's what you do all day, your time. She said, You're you're gonna she said, it's easy for you to abide, but what about me? What about me? Am I abiding? Am I gonna get cut off? Am I going to get thrown into the fire? What what, what about my time and me? What's going on? Is Billy Graham getting all the rewards? Where does that leave me at the end of the day? Am I abiding or am I not abiding? And so when you come to John 15, that's what I started saying. Jesus, you got to show this. i got to understand this fully for my own life. Help me. And it and, and helped me to understand. And when you come to studying out grafting, who I gleaned this from another minister, it is simply phenomenal when you come. So the question is, what is my part? Well, Romans eleven sixteen 16 tells us this. It talks about grafting. And when you look at this grafting, it's going to make you shout at the end of this message because it talks about... It. Romans eleven sixteen 16 says this. If the root is holy then the branches are holy. Woo! Because I've condemned myself ever since I've been in Christianity. If the root is holy, the branch is holy. I mean, somebody ought to get that to you. Believe it by faith. If the root is holy, the branch is holy hallelujah. And then he says in verse 17, if you being a wild olive tree, come on, were grafted in among them and with them became a partaker of the root and its fatness of the olive tree. In other words, Paul is saying that when you are grafted into the root or to the tree itself, those who are grafted into the tree, you will begin to receive everything the tree is providing. If I need strength, it comes from the root. If I need help overcoming sin, it comes from the root. If I need cleansing, it comes from the root. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. If the root be holy and I'm in the root, then by golly, I'm holy. hallelujah now look at this first slide this is grafting that's a wild vine that's a vine that's been cut out of a wild and is about to be grafted in to a tree and once it's grafted in apart from me you can do nothing except die If that branch is cut off and it's not grafted in to a life source, it's dead. And it's no good for anything but to be cast into the fire. But the moment you cut that branch off, it's going to die. And John 15, 15, 5 tells me, without me you can do nothing. Now look at the second slide and let's look at this other thing. This is what's called scion. You can look all this up. This is what's called scion. And it means to slice to the heart. You take that twig and you slice it to the heart. You're gonna slice that twig so that when you when you put it into the other the good source when you when you pay, take that into the root in a minute and you put that in there and and you because you've sliced this now it can it can suck in all the nutrients and the life source and everything it can take in everything that's supplied by the by the uh, by the uh, vine it can, it can, begins to open it up it opens up the heart and that's what the Holy Spirit comes he cuts us with he cuts us. Out of the world, the Bible says. And he cuts us out of a wild vine. And then he takes us, even though we're dead in our trespasses and sins. And he quickens us together with Christ. And by grace, you are saved. Amen? You were dead? You were like that vine plucked up? And you, He took you, the Bible says, He, he cuts you out of the world. Even though you were dead in those trespasses and sins, He quickens us together with Christ. He puts us into Christ. And then the Holy Spirit cuts us deep in the heart, convicting of us, us uh, of sin, causing us to, to be circumcised in our heart. He slices the piece that He's going to graft in. And this piece is now ready to go into what's called the rootstock into the rootstock and that's number 3 we get grafted in he cuts us off from the powers of darkness of this world and he translates us into the kingdom of his dear son colossians 1:13 Now we're being put into this new vine. Into this root stock. He is doing into Christ. And and so he's cut it. He's going to bind it with a new piece. And then on the root stock he's going to do that. So that's what he does. Go to the root stock. And you can see here where the man is cutting that. He's cut this so that he can get it into the root stock. And he binds it. That's what the Holy Spirit does to you. He cuts you. Convicts you of sin. He takes you. He puts you into the root stock. He binds you into christ and he binds you up with christ so that you can become one with christ i in him and he in me father make them one just like we are one me and you and you and me let them be one just like we are one holy spirit bind us up with christ And so what he does is he takes the top of the rootstock because the rootstock has to bleed out. This can't be coincidence. He has to cut the top of the rootstock and the rootstock has to bleed out. Because if it doesn't weep or bleed out, when it comes out of dormancy bug and into spring, The new life will come soaring so much through that thing that it will will go back. No, you're ahead of me. It will go so much through that thing that it will take that seedling out. The force of it will, will knock the seedling out. And so he has to cut the top and he has to let it bleed out. So that so that once it comes out of fall and do- winter and dormancy whenever whenever the life comes because it's bled out Jesus had to go to the cross he had to be cut he had the father said let him go to the cross for them let him be bled out so that when they are put into the grave with him and buried with him and grafted in with him and they come bound up and they come out of that grave they'll come out with the life force of Jesus Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what happens here is the life force begins to come and it begins everything that is coming up from the root through the vine into the branch and it begins to take on that life. It take it doesn't have a life of itself. It takes on the life of this tree whatever it is. And so we're grafted in. We're grafted in. And we're bound by the Holy Spirit. And if you can believe it, the next, he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The stem or the rootstock had to be wounded I'm letting my son go to the cross so you can be grafted or put into Christ. You can be bound by the Holy Spirit. And when you do that, it is called this. It's unbelievable. It's called seated. You are now seated in Christ. Paul said you are seated with him in heavenly places far above principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. I know some of you got a blank stare. But if you ever get it into you, it's unbelievable. That's me, folks. I'm a wild olive branch who's been grafted in. The life of God has come through this guy. And now I'm seated with Christ. Oh, man. Gosh, I could run. And here's the thing. Every branch... That is grafted in is seated, and everything that is in Jesus, you now receive. I am the fruitful vine; you are the branches. Those grapes, the spies were carrying; those are me. Those are me, and I'm in you. And I'm you've been grafted into me and when I come into you you get the full amount of my life the full amount some of you live like you got 50% of Christ I've been living like I got 20 or 30 and I got to read more pray more study more worship more And maybe I can work myself up to 100%. No, you are seated with Him. And when you're grafted in, 100% of the life comes to you. Every branch put in the main stock gets 100% of the life. You get the full amount of his life. Look at the next slide. This is what I used to think Christianity was. And this is what I used to teach. And this is what I think we've what's happened. I used to think Christian growth was. I started out with just that little bit. And man, if I could just read more, then I can maybe work up to picture number two. And I can work up to picture number three. And if I were to ask you, some of you, where do you think you are on that picture? Some of you would say, well, I'm just way back here on number one. And I'm up here. And oh, so, brother so-and-so. He's way up there. Baloney! We're all on level ground at the cross. And when you're grafted into Christ, you get 100% of Jesus in your life. Some just know it. Some have just realized it. Some are just living in the joy of it. So it's not, I don't have to read so I can go to the next level. I want to read because He's in me and the life I'm drawing now is just drawing from the life of God and it's causing me to want to read. It's causing me to want to shout. It's causing me to want to dig in. It's causing, I don't have to pray. The life inside of me is causing me to want to pray. So must put the abiding on you Most of us put the abiding on you. What do I do? Like the preacher's daughter. Sure, Billy Graham's going to get the reward. Sure, Billy Graham's abiding. But what about me? I'm taking care of kids all day. i got barf all over me. i got dirty diapers going on. If I can grab a scripture, I'm grabbing one of those little bread of life's off the table. But I love Jesus and I want more of Him. But what about me? Am I abiding? And we put it on you... And Jesus didn't do that. He said, without me, you can do nothing. And the power of the Almighty God is in us the moment that we are in Christ. And so when you're saved, you're in the kingdom. But here's where some of us get confused and get in that progression thing. You're saved. I know this happened to me. You're saved and you're in the kingdom. But there's certain things still hanging on, right? Come on. Everything went out of my life and then I still got this pornography issue. And the things I don't want to do, yet that I do. And there's things hanging on. For you, it may not have been that. I know you think that's horrible. For you, it was lying. Cheating, stealing, whatever it was for you. Maybe self-righteousness. Thought you were better than the rest that that, that, that struggled with pornography. But here's what happens when we're grafted into the kingdom of God. What happens in the fall? I ha- oh, man. I had some trees cut. I wanted to dance. Everybody got mad at me. These trees put leaves all over our yard. Squirrels were on the roof, in the attic. So we cut a couple of our trees. And here's what happens, man. You got to go out there and rake, or I don't rake them. I mulch them like 100 miles an hour on the lawnmower. But you can mulch and mulch, and I'll mulch them, and then like the next day, when winter, when fall hits, Sid, they're out there again, man. Just as many of those cotton picking leaves. And then finally, it gets to the place where they're mostly off of their mark, but there's just some just hanging on that won't let go. And that's what happens in seasons of life of us as a Christian. Sometimes we come into Christ, we get grafted in, and all those old leaves fall off. Those dead leaves, but those there's still a few of those orange, yellow, brown leaves up there. And you know how you get them off? here's what begins to happen. All of a sudden winter goes by and then the dormancy period goes by and then what wouldn't get blown off or come off? All of a sudden when spring comes around, Tom, and new life begins to come and go out of the branches, it, it takes care of the rest of those dead leaves and pushes them off. I got news for you, Kristen. You're struggling right now. Hang on. Stay in the life source. Know that He is going to come and and when the life begins to come through, don't worry, the pornography's growing. Don't worry, the drug addiction's going. Don't worry, the long tongue is going to be taken care of. Don't worry, the religious spirit is going to have to let loose, and fruitfulness is coming. So, go to the last verse. So, what shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? 100% of Christ is flowing in me right now. I don't wake up and say, good morning, Jesus. I wake up right here and say, good morning, Jesus. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Go ahead. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, shall distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? And it is As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor Powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. I am the vine, you are the branches. Remain in me, and you shall bear much fruit. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. I am so grateful, God, for opening my eyes. Now, to this truth, I am seated in you, God. I was a wild branch. I was cut off from everything. And God, I've now been grafted by the Holy Spirit. God, you convicted my heart. You cut me down to the heart. You took me out of the darkness of this world and translated me into the kingdom of your dear Son. You bound me up. You bound me up in Christ. Oh God, you've been speaking this so much to me lately. I'm in Christ. I am in Christ. I am in Christ. Oh God, thank you for that, Lord. Oh, thank you for that, Lord. Thank you that we are in you and you are in us. And Lord, thank you that because of that, because, Lord, you came down and you began to teach this passage. You see that vine? That's me. That's me. That's me. I will cause fruitfulness to come to any who are in me. And oh God, thank you, Lord, that I have a life source that is not my own. Thank you, God, that there was nothing Brad Lindsay could produce but thorns and brows and thistles. But thank you, Lord, that when I was transplanted into this new vine, that God, if any man is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation and the old things have passed away. And behold, everything has become new. Thank you that I took on the life, the same life as the root. Oh, the root out of Jesse. Lord, thank you, God, that tender branch, Lord, that tender shoot, God, that came up, God, out of dry ground and became this wonderful vine, Lord God, and we are transplanted into the branches of that, Lord, as branches into that. God, thank you, thank you, thank you that through your son, now you have, Lord, the vineyard that you've always wanted that's producing fruit for you, and thank you that it was done by your son, and Lord, I don't it's not done by me, I would mess it up, God, thank you that now I am abiding in him and Lord we just thank you for the new life of Christ 100% of Christ's life flowing through me God thank you for it Jesus thank you for the fruitfulness in my life thank you God that Lord if there's a few dead leaves left on me your life is going to push those out and God I'm going to be fruitful in every area and every way God he who began a work in me will perform it and carry it on to completion to the coming of Jesus Christ his son Lord I love you I thank you for it in Jesus name amen it's 10 minutes till I want to play one song then we're going to do a quick vow renewal and uh and and just hang tight but this altar's open if God has spoken to you through this word if you're not in the vine if you're apart from the vine if you've never been grafted into the vine uh, today's your day today is your day To to all who come to Him, He'll know why He's cast out, and the Father would love to nothing more for you to be grafted into His dear Son Jesus. So it just.